Good morning, good morning, everyone. Thank you guys for tuning in with us online. We're so glad that you are with us here today at uh, New Life Church of Mobile. We want to welcome you guys and hope everyone had a great, great weekend. And uh, man, we're in week nine of our sermon series entitled, I Exist To. I Exist To. We're in week nine. And um, man, I was just thinking, you know, the whole point of preaching is to inspire faith. There's so many things that you can do, think about preaching, but the, the most important thing when it comes to preaching is to inspire faith. It doesn't matter what the topic, doesn't matter what the subject is. If the essence is not to inspire faith, it doesn't matter what the subject is, you'll never feel like you can do it. But if your faith is inspired, you feel like you could do anything that the communicator is talking about because what? Your faith is inspired. But if your faith isn't inspired, you want, you, okay, that was a great message, but what am I supposed to do with it? But then you catch something where your faith catches a hold of it, and you grab that, you're like, man, I feel like I could do that, boy, because your faith is expired. So this morning and every Sunday, my goal is I want to inspire your faith. That's what I, you say, Pastor, what's your goal in preaching? To inspire faith. That's everything that I want to do, and this week is no different. And I just want to start off by saying that because today we're talking about a topic that's very familiar. I've even preached about it here before, but there's a lot of things that people think it is, but it's really not. And today we're talking about I exist to live by faith. I exist to live by faith. And all the notes of you with us online, all the notes are online on our app. You can download the app. You can follow along there. But today we're talking about I exist to live by faith. This is week nine of I Exist To. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for leading us into all truth. We thank you that you speak clearly to us this morning, bind every attack of the enemy to try to bring any hindrances or distractions. But let us truly focus in on what you have for us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. I exist to live by faith. And you know, there's a lot of things that faith is. There's a lot of things that faith is not. And it's always easy to say, I have faith until it's time to use faith. You know, a lot of people say they have faith until it's time to use faith. And then you realize they don't have faith at all. And people put their faith in a lot of things. And sometimes they think what they have is faith, but it actually is wishful thinking. You know, sometimes we have wishful thinking. We don't have faith. Well, I just hope it all works out. That's not faith. That's just hoping for the best. Well, if it's God's will, it's God's will. It's going to do what it's going to do. Well, that's not faith either. That's just hoping for the best. That's not faith. And we say all these things. I'm gifted of saying those things in the past myself. Well, God's will, it's just going to be done. Yeah, his will is going to be done, but he's waiting for the faith inside of you to set the thing that you're believing for into action. But if you never exercise and exemplify faith, then he's not going to move. And so just say, well, I've done all I can do. I'm going to just let God take control. That's not faith. That's passive. And those things are not faith. And we think it's faith. And we think, oh, if I talk a big game, that's faith. That's not faith either. You could talk a big game and you could say all the right things, but what is your action saying? Because your actions will follow and show where your faith is. Because you could talk, talk the big game and then walk away and then be trembling in the car. Oh, Jesus, I don't know what I'm going to do. How I get myself in this mess? Where, where, where's the faith? Where's the big talk? Faith is not big talk. And we get caught up in all these things about what we think faith is. And it's like, no, no, no. Faith only comes from the Lord. So today we're going to talk about how all of us. And my goal today is to inspire and to ignite your faith to believe that, guess what? I'm trusting in God. Whatever it is I'm believing for, whatever it is that I'm walking through, that I will have the faith to overcome. Amen? So the first thing, how do we live by faith? The first thing or first way how we live by faith is I exist to have now faith. I exist to have now faith. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not, see, not seen. 
We exist to have a now faith. The faith that I had yesterday was great for yesterday, but I need faith for today. And tomorrow, guess what? I'm going to need faith for tomorrow. And the day after that, I'm going to need faith for that day. So when we need to talk about a now faith, well, I need faith now. I thank God for the faith I had 10 years ago, but that don't help me right now. I need faith now. And now faith, all of us should aspire to have a now faith. It doesn't matter what you're walking through. It doesn't matter if you're not walking through anything. You still need a now faith now. And God has created us to exist to have a now faith. Matthew chapter 6, verse 34, it says, Don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. So that tells me I need to worry about today. So if I need to worry about today, that means I need a now faith today. And when tomorrow comes, I'll worry about that then. But as for today, I need a now faith now. I need a faith. Today's trouble is enough for, that's good enough right there. Today's trouble is enough for today. So that means I need a faith for now, for today. And then tomorrow when it comes, I'm going to need faith for that then. But I need a now faith. Whatever you're facing, you need a now faith right now. And now faith is I'm declaring and believing that in this very moment, I receive what I'm tr trusting God to manifest in his fullness. So what I need to know that whatever it is I'm believing for in this moment right now, that God is going to I'm going to receive the manifestation of the fullness of what God has for me right now. That means do I may I have it right now? Nope. But guess what? I believe that I do. And my faith says I take claim. I take hold of what I'm trusting and believing God for right now. I don't have to wait till I have the full possession of it, but I already receive it. And thank God as although it is already done. And when I do that, guess what? Now I've activated my faith. Now I've activated God to move because he says, oh, wait a minute. My son and daughter is operating in faith. Let me come down and let me give them what it is that they're believing for because I see their faith in action. So faith, my faith says I receive it now. Even though I may not have it in fullness, but guess what? I've already received it as if I, as if I have already because I have a what? A now faith. But it's easy to say we have a now faith, but what keeps us from having a now faith? And it's a lot of things that could keep us from having a now faith. I just wrote down three. The first thing that keeps us from having a now faith is disappointments. Oh, Jesus. I felt the air run out of the room when I said that. Disappointments. Disappointments will keep you from having a now faith. You'll get the worrying about, well, well, let me say it this way. The reason disappointments disrupt our faith so much is because we already have preconceived ideas of how things should go and when they should go. And when they don't happen how we think they should go or when it should go, we get disappointed. And then when we get disappointed, it shipwrecks our faith. Well, God, I trusted you for this. Yeah, but when did, did God say it was going to happen like that? Did God say it was going to happen in that time? Or did he just say that it was going to happen and that you need to trust me along the way? But when we get disappointed, when it doesn't happen, when we, when we think it should or how we think it should, because we already have this thing made up in our mind. See, when I step into this, this is how it's going to go. And it's going to go like that. And then when it doesn't, oh, I'm disappointed. I thought I heard God. God disappointed me again. No, no, God didn't disappoint you. It's your faith that was shipwrecked because what we need to do, this is what I've learned to do in myself, and this maybe can help you as well. What I've learned to do is to surrender my how and when. God, I surrender how I think it should happen and when I think it should happen because usually it doesn't happen how I think it should happen, and it doesn't happen when I think it should happen. So to avoid the disappointments from the jump, I just say, God, I surrender my when and my how, and I give it to you because I know you're going to do it. So for me trying to figure out how it's going to do it's going to lead to disappointment. I've been down that road before. I'm tired of being disappointed. So you know what? I'm just going to surrender my how and when to you and just say, I trust you for it to happen. And I'm telling you, that is a great way. Am I saying you're not going to be disappointed again? No, I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is it's going to help you. 
Some of the things that you're disappointed in is all simply because you already have it made up in your mind of how and when. And when it doesn't happen, how and when? Disappointments. And disappointments will keep you from having a now faith. Second thing that keeps us from having a now faith, unbelief and doubt. You just don't believe. I don't really think God can do that. And this is the tricky thing about faith. You can have faith in one area, but not in another. You can have faith to believe that you're saved, but then you might not have faith to believe that God can heal you. Or you can believe God can heal you, but you don't think God can provide for you. And that's the thing about faith. You have to build up your faith in all those areas. But whenever there's unbelief and doubt, it's hard to have a now faith. Because especially if you hadn't been building your faith in that area, it's very easy to, to, to uh, draw to unbelief and doubt than it is to attach to faith. But things that you have faith in, oh, you could believe for that all day. But then things that you don't have faith for, ah, I mean, I've been praying. I'm going to just keep seeking the Lord about it and see how it goes. Unbelief and doubt. That's what that sounds like to me. But unbelief and doubt will keep you from having a now faith. And the last thing that will keep you from having a now faith is a wrong perspective. A wrong perspective. This is focusing more on the situation than focusing on God. You so caught up on what you're walking through and not on the one that can help you overcome what you're walking through. And when you constantly focus on what you're walking through and not the one that where your help comes from, you're always going to have a hard time having faith because all you see is what you're walking through. And when you always focus on what you're walking through, that's when the emotions come. That's when the feelings come. That's when the, the attitudes come. And that's when your perspective is all jacked up. And then that's when you want to go on Facebook and put your rants on there and talk about everything. It's like they ain't got nothing to do with nothing. But that's your way of releasing. No, that's your way of not having faith. And we need to say, no, I'm going to have faith and I'm going to change my perspective I'm going to lift up my eyes from to the hills from where my help comes from. My help comes from the Lord. And when I get my perspective fixed back on him, then guess what? Now I can position myself to have a now faith. So I have to make sure that I don't let, allow disappointments, unbelief and doubt, or, and wrong perspective keep me from having a now faith. And there is a story in Luke chapter 5 that explains all three of these things to me. I was thinking about this story and I was like, man, this, this situation talks about all three of these things. Look at God. And in Luke chapter 5, this is when Jesus is teaching amongst in the house. And it says that the Pharisees and the Sadducees and all the religious leaders, they're sitting around listening intently to Jesus because they were trying to trap him. And they were like, who does this man think he is? And Jesus is just sitting there teaching. And then it also says that, the healing power was strong with Jesus. While he was teaching, healing power, you can go back and read uh, Luke chapter 5. It says that healing power was strong with Jesus when he was teaching amongst the people. And this is what we're going to pick up in Luke chapter 5, verse 20. It says, seeing their faith, and this is, uh, oh, I'm sorry, let me go back and tell you what happened. So this is the story where the friends brought the paralyzed man down through the roof. They cut a hole. There was no room around in the room. And so they said, we need to get this man in the room to see Jesus. So they cut a hole in the roof, dropped them down, and lowered them in. So that, that was a key part to that that I didn't include. But uh, that's where we are. And this is what we'll pick up in Luke chapter 5, verse 20. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the man, young man, your sins are forgiven. But the Pharisees and teachers of religious law said to themselves, who does he think he is? That's blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Jesus knew what they were thinking, so he told them, asked them, why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say your sins are forgiven or stand up and walk? So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, stand up pick up your mat, and go home. Now, there's a lot. This is a whole nother message within itself, so I'm not going to get into all of that. But I love that Jesus said, which is easier, to forgive sins or to tell them to stand up and walk? Wh which one is easier? That's what Jesus said. Wh wh which one is easier? 
what Jesus was saying is they're the same. It's the same. If you have faith to be saved, then you have faith to be healed. It's one, it's no, it's no different. If you have faith to be saved, you have faith to be healed. Which one is easier? And he said, I'll show you that I am the son of man. And he said, your sins are forgiven. And, it, and obviously his sins were forgiven because the next thing he said was, take up your mat, stand up and walk. And what did he do? He walked home. He was healed. So he said, it's easy to Jesus, but for us it could be complicated. Faith could be complicated when it comes to us. And those th three things that I talked about all played out in this story. I'm sure that this paralyzed man had disappointments his whole life. You can't tell me growing up paralyzed, you don't have disappointments. Why, why was I created like this? What, what did I do to, to deserve this? Why must I be the one to suffer? Why can't I play with the other kids? Or why can't I move around and do things like every disappointments? I'm sure that man has some disappointments in life. I'm sure he had doubts. So wait a minute. I've been paralyzed my whole life. And my friends, y'all want to hijack me. Bring me to this man named Jesus that I've never met. All I did, I just, I've just heard about him. And I've tried everything to be, and y'all want me to believe that this man can heal me in a moment. I'm sure he has some unbelief and doubt on the way there. Also, I'm pretty sure that there was some wrong perspective going on. I want you to think about this scene. The house is packed full of people. Jesus is in there teaching intently. You got the Pharisees and all the religious leaders all around that these people are afraid of. And you mean to tell me, oh, by the way, we're going to interrupt Jesus' teaching and we're going to cut a hole in the ceiling. I'm pretty sure whoever house it was, they was like, man, what y'all doing? Who going to fix this? Who going to pay for this? And I'm sure everybody in the building was looking like, what in the world is going on? Wrong perspective. They focusing on what's going on and not the one that was there that was present, Jesus. I'm sure that man was thinking, everybody's looking at me. They lure me down on a rope slowly, and they looking at me like I'm crazy. And I'm pretty sure in that moment, his perspective was not on Jesus. It was, what are these people thinking about me? Wrong perspective. But despite all of that, that man and his friends, thank God for his friends, that they had the faith to believe that all we have to do is get him in the presence of Jesus, and he will be healed. That's all we have to do. And despite the disappointments, the unbelief and doubt, the wrong perspective, he received what he came for, the healing. But again, I mentioned earlier in the passage, it says that healing power was, was, uh, was, uh, was on Jesus strongly, meaning that anybody in the room could have been healed. So you mean to tell me he was the only one that needed a healing in that room? I don't think so. I'm pretty sure there's other people in that room that probably needed healing as well. But it was only one man that received the healing in that moment because he had a now faith to say, I'm going to get my healing now, regardless of the situation, regardless of the circumstances. I'm going to allow my faith now to receive what I need from Jesus right now. So we can't allow disappointments, unbelief, doubt. Wrong perspective. It doesn't matter. You may feel those things. Don't stay there. Don't allow those things to keep you back from having a now faith. Amen? Amen. So the first thing we do is I exist to have a now faith. Second thing is I exist to continue to grow and develop in my faith. I exist to continue and grow and develop in my faith. You know, some people start on the faith journey, but they never continue. You have to continue daily to grow and develop in your faith. And that's not an easy task. But we all need to grow. We all need a now faith, but we also need to continue to grow and develop. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, it says, And it is impossible to please God without what? Without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely Seek him. All right, so we see at the beginning, it is impossible to please God without what? So what do we need to please God? 
Okay, so the more that you walk through life, you're going to need more what? Because you're going to walk through more uh, trials and adversity and tribulations. You're going to walk through all these things. So when you walk through those things, what are you going to need to overcome? Okay, and it's impossible to please God without what? So don't you think you're going to need to grow and develop in your faith? Because the problems and trials that a 10-year-old has are different than a 40-year-old. The problems of a 15-year-old are a little bit different than a 50-year-old. They may walk through this, some difficult things, but they ain't the same. But the point is, you're going to need some faith. <laughs> and if you never develop and grow in your faith, guess what? When things come your way, you're going to shrink back. You're going, oh, oh, the big bad devil is always after me. There ain't no big bad devil. You just need to grow and develop in your faith. But there's, I don't know what it is, but, but when we think about faith, people get tight. When we talk about faith, this is a, such a heavy, faith is not really heavy because it just says right there, it's impossible to please God without faith. So that's a, to me, that's a joy to know it's giving me the answers to the test. Oh, well, how do I please God? Have faith. That's like the answers to the test right there. I, I'm going to get excited while we talk about faith. And I continue to grow and develop in my faith. And I love in there that it says, at the end of the verse, it says, but anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Does it say that those who sincerely seek him for a year? Does it say those who sincerely seek him for 15 years? Those who sincerely seek him for 30 years. Does it say that? There's no expiration date. It just says those that sincerely seek him, period. That's it. That means that if I want to sincerely seek him, how often? As long as I'm here on earth. And as long as I'm here on earth, there is no expiration date on how long I sincerely seek him. So to sincerely seek him for the rest of my life, I'm going to need to grow and develop in my faith. So now I got the blueprint. I know it's impossible to please God without faith. I know there's no expiration date on how long I should pursue him in faith. So now I have to understand how do I grow and develop in faith? And oh, this is a phrase that I know y'all love to hear, patient endurance. I just saw all the smiles on the faces in the room. Or if you're watching online, y'all should have saw all the smiles in the, in the room when I said that word, patient endurance. There's no better way for your faith to develop and grow than patient endurance. Does it feel good? Absolutely not. But is it is rewards beneficial? Absolutely. Absolutely. There's no better way for your faith to grow. And I'm going to keep saying it. There's no better way for your faith to develop and grow than by patient endurance. And that is something I don't even want to say humans. I want to say Americans don't like. Because Americans, I'm an American, we love our comfort. We love our comfort. Don't, don't, don't. Hurricane season, I'm out. I can't go without power for too long. It's hot in his house. We, 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 like, we like our comfort. Don't, don't, don't shake the ship. Don't, don't, don't disrupt my comfort. So you mean I have to patiently endure something? Yes. You want your faith to grow? You're going to have to patiently endure some things. And Americans, like Western civilization, really, our, man, our perspective on things is so foreign to those that don't have the luxuries that we have. Two totally different playing fields when it comes to faith. I remember there was this guy uh, that I met. He is from Nigeria. His brothers still live in Nigeria. He obviously lives in America, and they talk on the phone regularly. Regularly, uh, one of his bro no, two, both of his brothers are pastors back in Nigeria, and they'll talk about what's going on. And the brother in America, and he's the youngest, and he'll talk to his brother and say, like, "Yeah, my child is sick. I, we have to take them to the hospital. Where's your faith? What do you mean you have to take them to? Do, did you not break bread? Did you not give thanks to God?" Did you, did, you, did you not pray and seek the one true king for their healing? And he's like, well, I just, 
you know, I just want to make sure that they're, so I, where is your faith? What is it for them? Faith is I trust God for everything. And for us, we have so many luxuries. And please don't say I'm saying not go to the doctor. That's not what I'm saying. Please, pastors say don't go to the doctor. Trust Jesus. Yes, trust Jesus, but go to the doctor too. But what I'm saying is their perspective of faith is so different. It's like th- this is all we have. We trust, we trust God. And for us, oh, I got to endure? What you mean I got to endure? I just endured something. I got to endure something else? Yeah, and you're probably going to have to do, endure about 100 more things. But the point is, if you want your faith to grow and develop, you're going to have to have some patient endurance. And I'm going to give you quick some things about patient endurance. And we're going to camp out here for a second. So I'm going to get off your toes in a minute. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 36 through 39. It says, patient endurance is what you need now. Talked about now, faith. What do you need now? Patient endurance is what you need now. For whatever you're walking through, patient endurance is what you need now. So that you will continue, not that you will, that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that he has promised. So you're going to have to patient endure to receive all that God has for you. You're going to have to get, you, you will receive all that God has promised. For in just a little while, the coming one will, the coming one will come and not delay. And my righteous ones will live by what? By faith. But I will take no pleasure in anyone who turns away. So the righteous ones live by faith, and he takes no pleasure in anyone who turns away. Who turns away from what? By living by faith. He takes no pleasure in anyone that turns away from living by faith. What's the quickest way to get someone to turn away from living by faith? Patient endurance. That's why it's all together. Because when you start having to endure some things for not even weeks, but some years, Let's see how strong your faith is then. And I'm not, I'm not saying that your faith is weak. I'm just saying what it does is it challenges you to grow and develop in your faith the longer you have to wait and endure things. That's why you have to grow and develop in it. Because the longer you have to wait, the harder it gets and the more frustrated you get. God, when is it going to happen? I've been believing. I've been, I'm doing everything right. I'm tired of wait. Patient endurance. But I take no pleasure in anyone who turns away from living in faith. But we are, li- we are not like those who turn away from God to their own destructions. We are the faithful ones whose souls will be saved. Oh, I love this. And I'm about to break this down a little bit more just to make it even more practical for you guys. But we are not like those who turn away from God to their own destruction. We are the faithful ones whose souls will be saved. You know, we could be very quick to uproot ourselves from seasons and situations that we don't deem fair. Think about it. When you, and this is our American speaking, when we feel like things don't go our way, don't go how we think they should go or when they should go, we say, you know what, I'm looking for the next exit on something better. I'm out. I'm out. I remember in college, uh, not in college, in high school, I graduated. I was trying to figure out where am I going to college. I don't know where I'm going. Um, it's, the clock is ticking. for the. We're in like July now. School starts in August. I'm like, where am I going? And then out of the blue, a coach calls me from a junior college, and he was like, hey, introduce himself. He was like, I know I've never met you before, but for some, some coaches that I really trust, they saw you play, and they told me that I need to sign you. I need to come visit you. I've never saw you play, but I trust them. This man drove four hours to my home to meet with me, my mom, and my dad, and offered me a full scholarship. And I was like, what in the world is this? Look at God. And I was like, well, I get, and that, that, I guess this, this is where I'm going. And so I, I signed the paperwork, and I'm off to college. Well, two weeks before I'm supposed to move into my townhouse where we were living, uh, the coach gives me a call, and he's like, hey, I was just offered um, a job 
at a major university in the SEC, and I'm accepting the job. And I was like, you said you're doing what? <laughs> so not only have I, you never saw me play, but well, he did see me play in the All-Star game. He finally got a chance to see me play. But I never really got a chance to really meet you. Now I'm going to a place I don't know anyone from the jump, and now a new coach is coming in that doesn't know anything about me. I'm like, okay. So that's when the disappointment started to sit in. And so I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay. And the new coach comes in and it was a bad situation. It just was not good from the jump. And I was like, you know what? At the end of the year, he was like, hey, you got two options. Pretty much you could red shirt or you could just stay around and you're not gonna play that much. Or I can help you find somewhere else to go if you want to. I was like, you ain't gotta worry about none of that. I'll find my own place to go. I'm out, and that's the last time I ever talked to him. And I remember I went home, I was like, I don't know what to do, I called a couple places and I ended up going to Southern. And, but the thing, the reason I shared that story is this, is that when things began to go not as I thought they should go, my first response was, I'm out. I'm out. I'm not staying around for this, I'm out. And I went to Southern and the very thing that happened at that junior college could have very well happened at Southern only if I didn't change my perspective. Because the thing is, we like to jump from uncomfortable situations and not endure patient endurance to get to a better situation, but we never change our perspective. And all we do is go from one bad situation to another, thinking it's gonna change. All because we change situations. That don't, if you don't change your perspective, if you don't say, God, what are you trying to do in my heart through this situation? All you're gonna do is find yourself running and running. And to my surprise, when I get to Southern, I was meeting guys, yeah, this is my third and fourth college. How in the world is this your third and fourth? You only a year older than me. How, how is this your third? Because disappointments. They couldn't endure. When things got difficult, they ran. And they never changed. And, and this is the thing. It's always the other person's issue. It's never us. Because we can never be the issue. Because it, it's, it's never us. Because we're perfect in all our ways. Because we serve the most high king. We're children of the most high God. It is never our issues. It's never... but. But if, you, but if you don't address what God is trying to do in your heart and patiently endure, even if you feel like it's unfair treatment, like he says, uh, go back to the verse, but those who do not turn, from, turn away from God to their own destruction, all we're doing is turning away from our own destruction when we don't ask the Lord, what are you trying to do in our heart? And we don't stand in faith. So the lesson that I learned from the junior college was when I come to Southern, the perspective that I had, I'm not coming in with that same perspective. And, and let me tell you, there was opportunities for me to be disappointed there as well. But I said, you know what? I've learned my lesson once. I'm not doing it again. And I patiently endured. And we're going to have to learn how to patiently endure even when things don't go your way. I'll give you another example. And this is in the Bible. How many of y'all know the, who the children of Israel are? This is not a trick question. How long were they in slavery for? 400 years. That's not a, I wasn't trying to trick you. That is not a trick question. They were in slavery for 400 years. Now, these are supposed to be God's chosen people. Right? Isn't that God's chosen people? That's his chosen people. So you mean to tell me God's going to let his chosen people be enslaved for 400 years to be brutally used and overused and talked down to and mistreated and all those things for 400 years? Yes. But the way that we look at it, we look at all the negative things. We never look at it like, actually, maybe God had them there for 400 years for their own protection. Because if you think about it, in those times, when opposing clans or nations uh, wanted to occupy your land or your goods, what did they do? They went to war. 
But guess what? The children of Israel were in Egypt. So whenever there was a battle that took place, guess who didn't have to go to war? The children of Israel. Egypt went to war. So as a result, they didn't lose not one man to war. And as a result, they became a mighty, mighty nation. So much so that the Egyptians were afraid of them because it was so many of them. So even in the midst of them looking like this is a travesty, how could God allow this? What God was doing was like, even in the midst of all this, I have them in my protection. It may not look like it to you. You say, well, how is God allowing this unfair treatment happen to me? Maybe it's God's protection that he has you there. But then we know, what, we know the story what happened. Moses goes to Pharaoh. They, they leave. And then they start doing what? Complaining. Oh, we had it better out there. He led us out here to die. And God got so sick and tired of their complaining, he said, all right, none of you are going to inherit the the promised land that I have prepared for this mighty nation that I've been protecting. I've had this place for you, but since y'all want to complain, only the little ones are going to be able to see it until all of you die off. And he let, let, they led themselves to their own destruction. When you stop living by faith, you can actually, uh, uh, you can remove yourself from God's protection. So even when you think things are going unfair and you're getting mistreated and you don't think people understand you and you don't, all this, maybe that's God's protection right where he has you. In the midst of all that, don't allow yourself to uproot from God's protection and lead yourself to your own destruction. Another example of that is Job. Job, this man lost everything in a matter of minutes. I don't think I've ever seen anybody lose anything that fast as fast as he did. Messenger, messenger after messenger. This man's wife said, curse God and die. That's what his wife, his wife told him that. Just curse God and die. But Job said, no, no, no. I, even though... It seems like, because Job knew he was a righteous man. I know I hadn't done anything wrong. And he's like, I'm not going to curse God. And what did Job say in Job 13, 15? He says, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Yet will I trust him. This is a man that lost everything. You think that's unfair? You think he didn't have to patiently endure some stuff? To lose everything, your children, your possessions, your everything, your livelihood, and then, though he slay me, yet I will trust him. What is that? Patient endurance. You want your faith to grow and develop, you're going to have to learn to patiently endure. Embrace and allow the Lord to do exactly what he wants to do in that situation to grow and develop your faith. I know it may seem difficult. I know it may seem hard. Don't just automatically uproot yourself to try to find out, uh, to get into a better situation because that doesn't mean that it's always going to be better. I'm, I can give you countless examples in my own life of me doing that, and it doesn't work out the way that you think it should. How many times does it ever really work out the way you think it should anyway? Not often. <laughs> think about it. How many times have things actually gone the way that you thought they should in your life? Not often. Not often. Somebody said never. <laughs> it's like they ne- it never really goes the way that you think that they should. That's why you have to surrender your when and how and patiently endure. And instead say, God, what are you trying to do in my heart? Because obviously I don't want to go through this, but obviously you're trying to teach me something. So instead of me running, I'm going to say, work on me, Lord. What are you trying to do? Because I want my faith. I want to be pleasing to you. I want to sincerely seek you for all my days, and I know the only way that I'm going to do that is to patiently endure and to allow my faith to grow and to develop. And if I don't allow my faith to grow and develop, all I'm going to do is complain. All I'm going to do is blame you. All I'm going to do is run away from you. And all I'm going to do is make excuses of why God is not doing what he said he was going to do. You have to grow and develop your faith. Romans 5, verse 3 through 5, it says, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. Why in the world will we rejoice? We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. 
And endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, because all of us have been disappointed. But this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us, because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. We need to grow and develop our faith by patiently enduring because what endurance builds strength of character and it helps us grow and endure because without endurance, you'll never endure anything. Little kids, they can, it seems like they can run all day, but they can't. Little kids, they, have little, they have bursts of energy and it seems like, oh, they could go all day. Yeah, but eventually at some point they're going to crash because they don't know how to endure. But we have to learn how to endure. Amen? So the first thing, we need to have a now faith. Second thing, we need to grow and develop our faith. And the third thing is this. We, need to, we exist to have faith for eternity. We exist to have faith for eternity. 2 Corinthians 4.18, it says, So we don't look at troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things that we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. The things we cannot see will last forever. We can't get so caught up on the things that we see now that we lose sight of eternity. And this goes back to us Americans. We like to focus on what we can obtain. How can I make my life more comfortable? And we spend so much time trying to make this life comfortable that we lose sight of the life to come. I want us to live a prosperous life. I want God to bless you with everything that you need and even the things that you want. But on all that, don't lose sight of eternity. Because the more you pursue stuff and money and material things, the easier it is to lose sight of eternity. And there's nothing wrong. God wants to bless you. God wants you to have nice things. And I'm not saying that God doesn't, because he does. Just don't allow those things to cause you to lose sight of eternity. Because eternity is what we need to have faith for. Eternity is our great reward, even if we can't see it now. You know the phrase, we're storing treasures in heaven. Well, where they at? I don't see them. You, you can't see them right now. You, that's why you need faith to believe that when you get to heaven, all the treasures that you stored up here on earth, you're going to receive them. Your great reward when you get into eternity. You know, Abraham is the father of faith. God told Abraham, go out and show, go to a land that I will show you. Look up into the, the, star, the sky. Count the stars if you can. That's how great your, many of your descendants. He can't count all them stars. And God knew that he couldn't. But guess what? Abraham died without receiving the reward. But guess what? Every time someone comes to heaven, guess who sees their reward? Abraham. Oh, here comes another one. Oh, there's another star that I couldn't count. Oh, here comes 10 million today. Oh, here comes a thousand this minute. And Abraham received everything that God promised him because he had faith to trust God. He had faith for eternity. He knew that he put more stock in eternity than he did on these earthly things that we, oh, this is my stuff. You can't have my stuff. This is my stuff. And I worked hard for this. And, and look at my stuff. And, no, no, no. Put more stock into eternity, not on the things that you can see. God told him, go think of, I just want you to think how beautiful that is for Abraham. Every time he sees someone walk through those gates of heaven, it's another one and another one. Oh, here comes another one. And he, I'm telling you the joy and the reward that Abraham experiences every time a person walks through those doors. I'm pretty sure he cries on his knees, God, thank you for choosing me for this to be my great reward in heaven. For all of, et all of eternity, that is Abraham's reward. You, me, all of us. We are a part of Abraham's reward. So when we get to heaven, guess who's going to embrace us? Yes, God is going to embrace us. Yes, G Abraham. Because he says, 
my faith has caused you to be here. My, because I trusted God, you are part of my inheritance. Your faith and my faith together made us come together. Because it was his faith that God made him right, but then it's our faith to trust God that we could get there as well. And we're part of his inheritance. And I'm telling you, I can only imagine the joy that Abraham experiences when he sees somebody walk through those gates. And it's thousands and even millions at a time. And I'm pretty sure he's going to embrace every single one of them. Welcome in. You made it. Job well done. Come on in. I've been waiting for you. I knew the day you were going to be here. I'm just kidding. I didn't know that. But I knew you. But I'm just glad to see you. And I'm telling you, the reward that God has for you in eternity is far greater than what you will ever experience here on earth. So this is, and this is always my, I won't say dilemma, that's not the right word. I would say this is always, makes me sad. It's people that live a life outside of God here and always complain about how bad it is, but then for all of eternity, spend eternity in hell away from God. So why would you suffer here on earth and then want to suffer for all of eternity? That's a double whammy. That's a double whammy. Do I want to enjoy life while I'm here? Absolutely. But I know that my true home is in heaven. That is my final rest. That is my true goal and destination. And I never want to lose sight of eternity. I want to receive everything that God has for me because I know that that reward in heaven will far exceed anything that I will obtain or do here on earth. And that's why I would, would, whenever I have an opportunity, do, are you right with Jesus? Because the greatest gift is salvation. Because every person represents a soul. And every soul has an eternity. And we need to get as many people into heaven as we can. And going back to Abraham in Hebrews 11.10, it says, Abraham was confidently looking forward to a city with an eternal foundation, a city designed and built by God. He was confidently looking forward to. Confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations. I don't even know what that means. Foundations that never break. A city designed and built by God. I don't need to understand it. I just know I'm going there. I know one day I'm going to see it. What do streets of gold look like? I don't know, but I'm going to find out. It's going to be a glory. I can, it's like, it's, I don't want to say, it's like I don't even want to try to imagine what heaven is like. Because I know as great as I can imagine it to be, it's nothing compared to what it actually is. It's like you, our minds can't even fathom how great it's actually going to be. That's why I need faith to say, I'm going to see it. <laughs> I just trust it's there, and I'm going to see it. Hebrews 11, 13 through 16, it says, this is talking about the heroes of faith. And this talks about how all these people trusted God and believed God, but they never received what they wanted here on earth. All these people died still believing what God had promised them. They did not receive what was promised, but they saw it from a distance and welcomed it. They saw it from a distance because they knew it was coming from heaven. They knew it was an eternal reward. They agreed that they were foreigners and nomads here on earth. They knew that this was not, a, earth is not my home. Obviously, People who say such things are looking forward to a country they can call their own. If they had longed for a country they came from, they could have gone back. But they were looking for a better place, a heavenly homeland. That is why God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. He's prepared a city for them and for you. There is a prepared city for you, that has your address, that has, this is where you're going to reside here for all of eternity. Here's your personal butler. Like, that, there is a place for you designed and prepared specifically for you. 
You just have to have faith to believe that it's yours. Oh, pastor, I don't even have that here. It don't matter what you have here. This is not your home. Heaven is your home. And you need to have faith to believe that for all of eternity, I'm going to live with Jesus. I'm going to rule and reign with Jesus. All the trouble and trials that I face here on earth are just temporary compared to eternity. It's just but a vapor compared to eternity. Think about however long you live now, which you may feel like that's a long time. <laughs> compared to eternity, that's like a breath. Oh, that's it. Your life here on earth. But for eternity, never ending, we can't even fathom never ending. Like, what do you mean never, never ending? See, when I, your mind can't even wrap your head around that. So you mean we're going to live forever? Forever, forever, ever. Forever, ever? Forever. Never ending. You're going to either be with God or separated from God. Forever. That's the two options. Well, I don't like those options. Well, it don't matter. That's the two options you got. Choose wisely. <laughs> but you need faith for eternity. Don't put more faith in this earth than you do eternity. That's all I'm saying. Don't put more stock here on earth than you do in eternity. I can't see it. It don't matter. That's why you need faith. That's why you need to grow and develop in your faith. Because the more you grow and develop in your faith, where heaven will become even more a reality to you. We need faith, a now faith. We exist to have a now faith. We exist to grow and develop in our faith. And we exist to have faith for eternity. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you today, Lord God, for your word. I thank you right now, Lord God, that our faith is inspired, Lord God. It's inspired to continue to sincerely seek you for all the days of our lives. And Lord, I bind every disappointment, every heartache, every setback, Lord God, that we encounter. That, Lord, that we would lay it down and that we will pick up, Lord God, faith to trust you in the midst of difficulties. In the midst of situations that we may not understand what's going on, Lord God, that we will lift up our eyes and we will say, yet I will trust you, Lord. And I thank you that you're strengthening us in areas that our faith is weak, in areas where our faith is unbelieving and is full of doubt. I pray right now that you would ignite a passion for faith to grow in those areas right now. And, Lord, I bind every lie and attack of the enemy that would keep us, Lord God, from trusting and believing in you. Let us not go back to our own destruction. Let us not try to uproot ourselves from your protection. But, Lord, let us stay the course. Let us patiently endure, Lord God. Lord, there's a lot that comes with patient endurance, but give us the faith to endure. Give us the strength to endure, Lord God. Oh, Lord, we need your strength. I pray for those that are in a trial right now that have to endure. I pray right now that you give them a fresh strength to endure, Lord God. I thank you for it right now. Lord, I thank you for your presence. I thank you for your peace. Thank you for your joy right now. Thank you for your mercy and your grace. We're so thankful for who you are and what you're doing in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, y'all give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. I exist to live by faith. I want to give one more final invitation. You can bow your head and close your eyes. And We've been talking about eternity these last few moments, and I just want to give you an opportunity to get right with God. If if there's any doubt in your mind, whether you're watching online or you're here in the room and you say, I want to make sure that for all of eternity, I know where I will reside. I know that that place prepared for me is in heaven, but you, but you say there's doubt. I don't know if I would doubt right now where I would spend eternity. Well, I want to pray with you this morning to eliminate any doubt.
so that you will know for sure my name is written in the Lamb's book of life, that forever and ever I will rule and reign with Jesus. So if you're in the room or you're watching online, I want to pray with you. And if you want me to pray with you, you want to join in with that prayer, I just want you to do one simple thing. I just want you to lift your hand to acknowledge before you and God that, God, I need you. That, God, I want to surrender my life to you this morning. So if that's anyone in the room, if you say, I want to surrender my life to God, just lift your hand, and I want to pray with you. Amen. Amen. I'm going to ask everyone just to place their hand over their heart and just repeat this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for forgiving me. I thank you for the price that you paid on the cross for my sin. I thank you that my sins are forgiven. I thank you that your blood cleanses me. And I thank you that my name is written in the Lamb's book of life. And that I will spend all of eternity with you. I thank you here on earth that you give me the faith to continue to pursue you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, y'all give the Lord a hand clap of praise again for those that made a decision to follow God. That is the greatest decision that you will ever make. And if you made that decision, whether you're watching online, let us know. Uh, leave a comment in the comment session, section um, and let us know what God did in your heart. Or you can email us at info at newlifemobile.org. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, if you made that decision, reach out to us. We'd love to connect with you. And if you're in the room, just uh, fill out a card in the seat back in front of you. On the, on the front it says, uh, let's connect. But on the back it says, I've made a decision. Fill that out. Drop it off in the offering bucket. We love to connect with you as well. Amen. A few announcements before we dismiss from you guys online. Uh, first thing is we have prayer this Wednesday, uh, July 26th at 630. So be in the building with us. We're going to be in here for one hour prayer, 630 this Wednesday. Everyone is welcome. This past Wednesday, we had a change of venue. We were downstairs in the kids space. And let me tell you, we got our praise on. And it was a great time. We're going to have a great time this Wednesday, uh, 630. Also, uh, mark your calendars. We've been talking about it for a while now. August 6th, that's Sunday, August 6th. It's our three-year anniversary. Our, one of our overseers, Pastor Wayne Brown, he's going to be in the house uh, that Sunday at 10 a.m. He's going to preach live. Invite your family, friends, anyone that wants to be a part. You guys are all invited to come celebrate with us. That's August 6th, 10 a.m., here at New Life Church for our three-year anniversary. Come join. Come be a part of that. Come celebrate with us. And also, for those that are prepared to give, you can give. There's a couple ways you could do that. You could go to our website at newlifemobile.org. You could download our app, and you can give. Or you can uh, go to our Facebook page to get the address and a check or money order. And also, uh, next Sunday, happening right after service, we have water baptisms. So if you are interested in uh, being water baptized, email us at info at newlifemobile.org. Just give us your contact information. Say, hey, I would like to be water baptized. We'll reach out to you, give you all the instructions and details on that. That's happening next Sunday, 10 a.m. Be here for water baptism, baptisms. But let us know if you want to be a part of that, and we can help you uh, get plugged into that as well. Also, uh, for those prepared to give, we have our New Life building uh, building offering and let me just tell you we've been putting that all that uh that fund to use for things planned and unplanned and this past week we had a lot of unplanned things with our ac unit we had to do some updates to that so if you're saying i wonder if they're using the money that goes to that yes we are and if you would like to continue to contribute please continue to contribute to that fund uh anything that you have above your tithe you could give to that and I'm telling you, it is going to use. We're not just holding the money and doing what we want. It's going to back into the building. It's for that fund, and that's where it's going. But uh, we want to thank you guys that have given to that. Thank you so much. It has been a blessing to us. And we want to pray a prayer blessing over you guys before you dismiss uh, and uh, online. Lord, I thank you for those that are prepared to give. 
I thank you right now, Lord God, that you meet every need that they have. I bind the devourer or the thief that will try to come in and steal and hinder what you have prepared for your people. Bless them, Lord God. Be with them in all their days. Let them have a great day and a great week. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we love you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hope to see you Wednesday at 630 and next Sunday at 10 a.m. for water baptisms. Have a great week. Amen. All right. So, again, water baptisms happening next week, 10 a.m. If you want to get water baptized, you know someone else does, let us know. We love to connect with them. Pastors and uh, not the pastors anniversary, but our church anniversary, anniversary August 6th. We want to pack this place out. We want to make sure that we're well, re well represented. And, uh, and if you're prepared to give, we're going to give you a chance to give. In a few moments, we're going to pray a prayer of blessing over you guys, and then you guys are dismissed. Why don't you stand to your feet? We're going to pray, and then you guys are dismissed. Lord, I thank you for each and every member of our church, Lord God, your church. I thank you, Lord God, that your hand of provision and protection is with them everywhere that they go. I bind the devourer that will try to steal, Lord God, what you have prepared for them. I thank you, Lord God, that the blessing of Abraham, the, the blessing of Jabez, Lord, oh, that you will bless them indeed, that you will enlarge their territory, that your hand be with them, that you keep them from evil and that they may not cause pain. And I thank you for it right now, Lord. I pray that you bless them, protect them, that you smile and be gracious to them, that your favor be upon them and that you give them peace. I thank you for this beautiful congregation, Lord God, that is assembled here today and those that are, wasn't able to make it today. Bless your people in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we love you guys. If you're prepared to give, you can come down and give. Have a great, great Sunday. See y'all Wednesday. I've got joy in the struggle. I've got peace in the storm. I've got strength in the battle. I don't fear anymore. I'm a child of heaven, and my hope is secure. I've got joy, cause I've got Jesus.